First time I ever saw Macklemore, he was on stage, which I think is a pretty natural environment for him. Hi, everybody. I'm Zane. Thanks for joining me for the interview series. No time for formality. He was standing on the shoulders of the crowd, which could be seen as being a moment of arrogance, but actually was incredibly unifying. And he was doing one of the biggest songs from one of the biggest albums of that year. And all I can tell you was that in that particular tent, on that particular day, the energy was off the scale. I grabbed him at the end of the show, introduced myself, told him I loved the show. We had a quick five to ten minute talk and it was clear to me that he was a complex cat. Most people come off a show like that full of adrenaline and you sort of feel like you're kind of having a conversation about nothing. But he immediately leaned into more deeper subjects and even took the time to ask me a few questions about my life. It was pretty amazing to experience the curiosity associated with this individual known to his family and friends as Ben. Over the years that followed that incredible success he had with Ryan Lewis, it became clear why he was so curious and so interested in the deeper side of life because he goes through his own deep moments. He's been wrestling with his coping mechanisms, well documented for a long time and actually surprisingly recently, which is why this conversation with Macklemore, aka Ben, is really important and impactful and flew by because he came into the room open, ready to talk and jumped to the chance to get into This is the latest conversation in the interview series with Macklemore. I hope you enjoy it. Inspiration is a beautiful thing. Mm. And to be able to get to a point where you can acknowledge it honestly and openly yeah. with a pure heart, it's fucking great. Yeah. Heroes is great. Thank you. Good I appreciate you. that. I got to call you Ben now. Uh, always. <laughs> I know. I always could. But it's funny you know, that idea of like who you are as an artist and the identity that you build versus the identity you're born with. Mm. And, you know, this is the album that kind of I feel for the first time you sort of come to terms that both can be on the same page. Right. Interesting. Yeah. I think that the process of making an album is one where you're trying to get to the core of your own truth, mm -hmm. right? You're stripping away layers, you're peeling them back, you're like, okay, who am I? What do I want to say now? And um, I've been rapping for a long time. How long? 24 uh, years. Crazy. 25 years. I mean, this is the thing. People had to get their head around pretty quick once you finally broke through that there was it was miles on the road. Yeah. I mean, I started when I was, yeah, 14, 14 years old. So it's it's been a journey of a discovery. And hmm. I think that m my constant answer, people were like, what's the difference between, you know, Macklemore and, and, and Ben, <laughs> the person? And, and my answer would always be like, there is no difference. Yeah, right. Like, like I, I, I hold myself to be, you know as transparent as possible. And there's an album called Ben by an artist called Macklemore. Right, 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 right. Exactly. But I'm like, I, I, I want to be myself in the music. This is, I think our journey through life is this process of finding out who we are. What is our purpose? Why are we here? Yep. And what are we going to do with this time? And every album should reflect that. Yeah, man, for sure. You can stand by it that way. Yeah. It's a great body of work. It's a really, you know, it's very broad and it starts yeah. in one area and it ends in a whole other place. Right. And, and I just feel like, you know, you had a lot of fun in a sort of unrestricted creative environment. Yes. That it was like, there are no boundaries to this. There are no genres really. I can do whatever I want. Zane, that's how I've always made music. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Like, yeah, Isn't it funny though that we still look at you as like, Macklemore, the scrappy rapper from Seattle who well, came so, out and kicked the doors in right. independently. And it's like, that was the identity everybody held on to for right. the longest time. And, and that's the truth. And that's part of it, right? But there's another side of it that is, uh, wants to make an 80s song in a British accent. Yeah. There's another side of it that like wants to rap with, you know, over, over primo drums. And, you know, there's, and there's another side of me that's like, let's take a swing at pop. You know, like, I want to do all of those things. Those are all authentically me. And I think that one of the things in our culture is we like to put people in boxes, right? Mm -hmm. Like we were just talking about Playboy Cardi mm -hmm. in the other room. And it's like, we put Playboy Cardi in a box. We put this artist in a box. We put Macklemore in a box or whoever it is. And then the minute that they break out of that, it's like, well, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. That's not what you do. It's a rough road. I mean, we're talking about Playboy Cardi. We were talking about how a whole lot of red was met with this level of, I mean, apathy would have been a compliment at the time from fans. I mean, it was outright like, what the is this right and now it's like one of the most influential rec records of the last sort of five years and 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 all those same people are just like oh it's a masterpiece it's just funny you know you break out of the box it's 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 just a rough interim and it? it can be a rough interim for the arts well for anything we want to be able to like immediately identify what we see what we hear what we taste touch smell whatever 
And if we can't do that right away, mm. then it challenges our notion of perspective. Is that because we want to be more efficient with our time? So we don't want to have to spend time actually like dissecting and, 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 and yes, yeah. yes, it is the scroll. It is the ADD. It is the, do I like this or do I not? Yeah. I'm going to give it literally maybe one second yeah. and I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Yeah. And that's part of our culture. So my attempt with all of this is like, I want to get back in the studio. This is me going into the album. I want to get back in the studio. Again, kill the expectations. Have fun. Mm. You get to do this. Mm. That's the mantra. You get to do this. Shout out my guy, Biba. You get to do this. And you don't have to do this. You get to do this. Enjoy it. Like, if you're going to be here, enjoy the studio. Wow. Make what you want to make. You're light, man. You're light on your feet. I love it. I love to see it. It wasn't always that way. No. I've, had you, I've had you in the room. I had you in the room yeah. when you came back after, after yeah. the thrift shop thrash. And you and Ryan, man, it was like, you, you were like deer in the headlights. Yeah, it was dark. It was a dark, very challenging era. Yeah. You I got mean, any perspective on that now? Thinking back what was kind of going on? I, I couldn't mean, have asked you then. I couldn't have asked you then. You would have told me everything was fine, but you face it different. Yeah, absolutely. I, I definitely would have lied to you. Um, I uh, and then probably told you the truth off of air. Yeah, but yeah, that's right. You know, I um, that era was tough, man. It was like it was all the criticism, all the expectations, all the accolades, all the love, all the hate, everything at once. And I spent my um, you know, entire entire life being an underground rapper, all of a sudden that changed. Yeah. And, and then, by the way, everyone's questioning your like your credentials. Right. It's like everyone forgets about that. Right. No, it, completely. It's like you bought your ticket into the room. It's like, what the f*** are you talking about? Completely. Like, and, and it was, um, you know, there was a there was an era in, in that period where it was like, wait, hold on. Like, you guys remember what I've done. You guys remember where I came from. And it was like, no, my, my little sister likes your music now. Like, this is whack. Yeah, yeah. And um, nothing so you there, can do about that either. There's, there's nothing you can do about no. that. She has every right. Yeah, absolutely. And you realize, and this is my first taste of it at the time. This is a decade ago. Yeah. You realize at the time, you're like, um, no, but hold on. I want to I show you who I am. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah, I want to yeah. be understood. Yeah. We all had that longing as human beings to be understood. Where, like, I can look across the room and someone nods their head at me and they're like, oh. I feel seen. We just want to be seen. And um, in that moment, it was really intense because I was being seen for things that I wasn't, things that I was, things that had nothing to do with me, whatever. You're, you're, you're up for, for judgment from the world. And I didn't, no one tells you how to handle that. You know, my manager at the time, like, it, no one, we're all just rolling with the punches. Like, this is, this is happening. This is crazy. And, um, and here we are at the top of the world, and I have no idea what the fuck I am doing. Do you think back on it now that if you just had a bit of grasp on the word no, it might have been easier? Yeah. Yeah, I think that no, that that word would have definitely helped in a lot of sitting Cause I, situations. Because I, I remember when we first met, and by the way, man, I'm holding my hands up. I was one of the people knocking on your door. Thousands of us. Yeah. Going, oh, man. I mean, I'm just going to straight up say it. Like, where was I three years before that? Mm -hmm. I wasn't around. Right. I wasn't kicking Macklemore or Ryan's door down. I was just like, this guy's on fire. Right. I'd love to get the story, talk to him, find out what's going on. Yeah. Obviously, I try and approach it from a more personable and honest and authentic way, which is why we connected and we remain so to this day. But I was still part of that wave. I think we all have to learn that, you know, in that moment, we're dealing with real human beings with real emotions and, and real senses of, of self-expectation. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't think we were helping, man. I, th I think we gassed you so hard. How could you possibly not go to the Grammys? How could you possibly not do that interview or do that cover? How could you not? You don't know how to say no to that at that point. You spent your whole life trying to get there. Exactly. That's exactly it. And um, you don't say no. You just say yes. You do the next show. There's another bag to chase. There's another, uh, there's another cover. There's whatever. And you're just going. And you're not stopping. And um, yeah. and as that's happening, as you're not sleeping, as you know your mental health, as, you know, is relapses happening as I'm, you know, trying to hide that all of that's happening. The rest of the world is talking about you. Yeah, yeah. And, um, it was a dark period. So, well, for my part, I just want to say for the record, man, that I'm, you know, I'm sorry that I would, you know, that I was not more thoughtful in the beginning, you know, I was oh. chasing the story like everybody else. No, no, no. I mean, I, I've always, you know, loved and appreciated you, bro. And, and it's no one, it, it's, 
it's the system, right? Like, right. it's not yeah, any yeah. one person. Yeah, it's that's not, the gig. That's the gig. It's like, okay, you work your entire life for this moment. Mm-hmm. Now you got the ball. What are mm-hmm. you going to do? Mm-hmm. Do not go out of bounds. Do not call a timeout. There is no two-minute warning. You're just going to go. And um, and that's what we did. I'm just grateful you're still playing. Yeah. And that's when I hear a song like Heroes. And, you know, yeah, man, it's like for, for people like us who grew up listening to that, it's like, ah, oh, it's beautiful. And the video is such a throwback black and white New York City yeah. street video. And having you and Primo on the street Dude. corner just listening to your own music is such a, it's just so reflective for me. It feels like so warm and brilliant and amazing and reminds me of those moments. Yeah. Like, and those ruckus records days of just like, yeah, oh, completely. New York was the chorus. Yes, absolutely. I love that era. It was one of the first songs that I made in COVID, actually. I just like, I, I had this beat. Wrote a rap quickly, damn near did it on a, in a one take, maybe just three. On a, just sitting on a premiere beat. And I was just, just sitting I was on just, a premiere beat. I was just sitting <laughs> so on it. So good. And, um, and, I'm, and I'm just, and I had always come back to him and like, I really like this. Like, I just bumped this. I just keep coming back to this. Like, I want to I wanna hear it over other records that were like getting priority in terms yeah, of yeah. our internal conversations. And yeah, yeah. Um, finally, as we're like starting to roll out songs from the album, I'm like, I want to give Heroes a moment. You got it. I want to give Heroes. I don't want it to get buried. I, I, I want to go out to, you know, Primo was down to do the video. Went out to New York. And I felt, Zane, I literally, I'm, I'm pulling into New York. And I have this moment of like, dude. And, and I'm just like, okay, we got to do the video tomorrow. Then yeah, I got to go yeah, back yeah. home. And then this and then that. And I'm like, nope. Enjoy it. Stop. And be in it. Be here. Yeah, yeah. Enjoy this. Yeah. Bro, you are about to go. Yeah. See Primo in the studio and do a video. You're doing like the absolute with your, with classic hip hop format hero. video with your yes, hero. With How your many hero. times did you get in the yellow cab out of JFK and say, right. turn on Hot 97, put it right. up in the back and hear like the song that would define your yes, trip? Yes, all of that. Now you get to go and there and, I have, get to go and do that. define your own trip with your own shit. Yes. Yep. Enjoy it. Fucking enjoy it. And that's what I did. And I ran around New York and I had a great time you know why because the song itself kind of is a reset beautiful reset as well because what it says is like okay we're old enough mature enough to understand we didn't really understand Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i didn't really understand my hair couldn't do that i didn't really understand what selling drugs truly meant right i didn't really understand how up i'd get with a 40 ounce on a corner and how much liquor that is yeah i didn't understand any of that stuff completely but i was drawn to it nonetheless and i'm old enough now to acknowledge that i've learned what it truly means but equally that young kid isn't a bad dude no no, not at all. Not at all. That old dude isn't a bad dude. I think that we we all, look, like, so much of my, I mean, for one, you know, if I'm looking at my childhood yeah. and I'm and I'm looking at the debauchery yeah. and the free and the sh- that I put my parents through, yeah. um, I was trying to turn something off. Huh. I was trying to turn something off. And, you know, we all, we all have our own version of childhood trauma and things that happen to us, you know, debris that we collect on, on the road of life, scratches, facts, facts. all that. And, um, yeah, by the time that I was, that I was 15 years old and I, and I first hit some weed or drank some alcohol and I felt that feeling of, oh. I'm not, I don't have to deal with this right now. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's quiet. I'm quiet. Mm. I am numb. Mm. I want to feel this way. Wow, it's so mad, isn't it? Because that is like, that's the threshold. Mm-hmm. That's one of the great thresholds of life. And I'm really happy that thanks to artists like yourself and your contemporaries that through the arts, always through the arts, mm-hmm. we're starting to present an alternative pathway mm. for kids. Um, that that threshold, I think people have records and they have documents they can refer to before they cross that threshold. Yeah. I didn't have them. We had Nancy Reagan telling us don't do drugs. Which is like, you know, your parents telling you that and Playboy but, but Cardi worse. is cool. You're like, I don't want to listen to Playboy Cardi. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like, I mean, that was that was the campaign, right? Just say no. Just that's that's it. Just say no. Like Why? it's that easy. Why? What? Who? No. I mean, that was like sick, maybe second only to the parental advisory sticker on a record right. just having the opposite effect. Completely. Completely. Like now I'm going to steal this. <laughs> exactly. Say no. Yes. Uh-huh. You're here. You're making some f- great music. Thank you, brother. You know, I want to get into the into the side of the album that's going to surprise people. Not you or your friends, but it's going to surprise people, mm-hmm. which is the up-tempo songs. The songs with big, big choruses. The mm-hmm. songs sound like big radio records across any decade. Mm-hmm. 
Just talk me through the feeling when you when you would start to make that stuff. The stuff coming in at 143 beats per minute, you know, it's just like, you know, we're talking about like maniac, bro. Like I mean, it's pretty wild, man. I yeah. mean, it's it's like I said, this album is a lot of personality right across the board on this album. So talk let's talk about Maniac and what inspired this kind of this vibe. Yeah, I mean Maniac, I heard the hook. Ryan had the hook. Right away, I was just like, well, this is going to be stuck in my head for the rest of the night. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, what's up with this? What are you doing with it? And he was like, it's open. It's mm. free. Go mm -hmm. ahead. Mm -hmm. You can you can write to it. Mm -hmm. I took it. And, um, you know, the rest is history. I think I like to get outside of my comfort zone. I don't I don't want to rap within 5 BPM of the track before and mm. the track before. Like, mm. I want to do something different. I'm like, what does 143 sound like? What does 160 sound like? What what about, you know, what if we did halftime drums? Like, I'm I'm constantly like, you know what, let me get outside. Because I know where I think that I sound the best uh, in terms of my rap BPM pocket. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm 100 to 110. That's my favorite pocket. I love hearing myself in that BPM. That's brilliant. But I also love to challenge myself. And I'm like, yo, like, you know, in the 70s isn't really my thing. Like, yeah, how are we going to yeah, do this? So do Maniac was different. And those drums are different. It's like some old throwback vibes. And yeah, being in a relationship with the Maniac is like, I'm in a happy marriage. And I have to dig back to those relationships where I was like, yo, this was toxic. This was crazy. Um, you know, really dig from those past experiences and to in, make that song. In doing so, like, what is the general feeling that you get? Do you get a sense of anxiety of having to relive those moments? Is there a sense of, like, better understanding that human being so that you know that you're not who that human being is anymore and it reinforces your identity today? Like, how does it work? I think we all have the potential to be to be maniacs still. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think I've graduated. I think that, um, you know, there's those those moments in life where you're like, damn, I got angry. Or like, damn, I got kind of crazy. Like, whoa, who is that? Like, that's all part of us. We have the capacity to uh, do crazy things, man. And I and I think that that's what makes us great. I think that that's what makes us individuals filled with, uh, you know, the the unexpected. The unexpected is always right there. You so see I the light in this guy's eye when he's talking about those times. It's so funny. You get a glint. You just get a little glint in your eye when you think back to that to that dude. I mean, my. My wife, like, we were nuts, bro. We were nuts. She keyed my car. I mean, the the malt liquor. The, I mean, the, you know, this was like, mm. this was a very different era from uh, these two parents that are raising three amazing babies right now, you know? So it's it's important to tap back into that, remember it, and... Uh, and uh, laugh about it I and think, laugh if you can, about if it. If you can. Absolutely. Yeah, that's why I tell my friends who are about to become parents, I'm like, you've got to find the humor in it. Oh, yeah. Because there's going to be moments when you're so tired and you're so stressed to each other and you're so out of your depth. Yes. That if one of you just laughs at yeah. even the ridiculousness, of, the ridiculousness of it, it's going to spare you so much. a night on the couch or a yes. awkward, you know, you'll get a good memory out of it and you won't be just digging around for an old memory that you don't want to remember. Completely. The laughter. Being in that moment of like, I'm so overwhelmed. I have not slept. No, and like, this is crazy that we chose to do this i used to sleep on uh in london you know those like tall narrow homes i used to sleep on a, a, a stairwell landing outside the bathroom which was like a half floor because i was so tired but i knew that if i tucked myself into bed for a 30 minute nap my wife understandably was going to be like squeeze me what the f you right. doing i'm down here i'm tired right because sleep is just like the ultimate mm -hmm. tradable mm -hmm. material mm-hmm Right? That's the kryptonite. Like, that back and forth uh, trade. Yeah. How much sleep did you have? How much? <laughs> I would sleep on the landing so that I could hear her coming up the stairs and I could just hear the vibration. I could bound up and just be like, oh, hey, I was just, uh, you know. <laughs> That's how I would, I'd steal 12 minutes sleep at a time. Yeah. I told her that she'd just be like, you're a f idiot. <laughs> so it's like, I was so tired. You're so tired. Yeah. How long have you been married now? Man, seven seven years. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. And the kids are doing great. Yes, the kids are great. I mean, my daughter Sloane, she's seven and a half. She's uh -huh. um, she wants to be a musician. Of course, you know Same. she she wants to be a designer. And I mean, yesterday I'm looking at her. She has on like my beanie. <laughs> she's got on a, a bandana around her neck, a Michael Jackson T-shirt, which is maybe suspicious parenting, but whatever. And um, and some ripped jeans and some like big boots, oversized boots. I'm like, damn. Like you're seven, they're pulling it off, and and you look like you're in Paris right now That's what I'm during saying. fashion week. That's what I'm saying. It's like kids, kids are just born into. They have this like really now. They have uh, they have this incredible confidence yes. to try things yes. that I would have just 
overthought out of the frame. Because we have so much more media now to be inspired, right? right, right There's right, so right. many different subgenres and genres that would have never been, there were underground movements that happened organically, person to person. Yeah. Now it's like, you know, we're seeing it all in real time unfold on the internet. Yeah. Like, what subculture do you want to be a part of? Yeah. And there's an openness to identity now. You can form it from many different areas. Like you said, I mean, I felt like if magazines in the 90s would have been like, here are the five things you could wear to school this year. Yes, that's it. <laughs> you know? And these two aren't cool. These so are your you groups. Got, this you got is your, these this three. You belong here. It's like, all right. Dude, think, I mean, look at hip hop. Like, look at how people, the scope of hip hop and how yeah. people are dressing now and how diverse the clothing, you know, from like what, yeah. you know, yeah. Everyone's wearing, I mean, people are pushing the envelope. People are like comfortable with who they are, I think, more than they were 20 years ago. I know you are, and man. And showing it. Your fashion vibe is strong. I mean, obviously, I follow you on the socials. I yeah. like to keep up with what you're doing. You know, you definitely, you, you know, you nearly lost your mind in quarantine. I loved it. Yes, of course. You know, the, you mo did, the mullet era, the big mustache you, era. You went, I mean, you went pretty bad. Obviously, yeah, I was, was here for it. It was all. crazy. You're like, what was going <laughs> I got to ask you, I haven't had a chance to, it was too soon, too soon. But now I feel like the time is right to talk a little bit about some of the quarantine selections. Yeah. What's going on, man? Yeah. I mean, COVID hit and I was coming down here. I was uh -huh. going to wrap the album. Uh -huh. You know, I was in the last, like, you know, uh -huh. we got maybe 20% left. Let's yeah. go finish it. Yeah. And I went down to, and we were about to get on the plane and, you know, the next day. And it was uh -huh. like, yo, we might not get back from LA if we go down there right now. Yeah. Like it was like just about to pop off. Yeah. At the time I had, uh, you know, a couple years clean, I believe, or two, two something. I, I forget what it was, but um, yeah, it was. I was alone. I was, you know, that's the answer. I was alone. When you're in recovery, a huge part of my recovery is my community of people. Is is going to meetings, to twelve step meetings, seeing people, giving them a hug, hearing their stories, talking in the parking lot, going out to get coffee. Like, I am reminded of of the disease that I have. When I hear their stories, I see them. There's a physicality to it. There's yeah. an energy exchange, and it just helps me stay clean. COVID happens. Zoom meetings take over. 12-step um, meetings on Zoom saved so many lives. Amazing. Shout out to KCB in Detroit. Mm -hmm. um, and I, but I, but I started to like, you know, just kind of, now I'm on Instagram listening to Zoom. Now I'm like, you know, checking emails and, and typing as the Zoom's on in the background. Now I'm not on the Zoom. Now all of a sudden I'm not going to meetings. And for me as an addict, I need to go to meetings. I need 12-step meetings. I need to wake up every day and be reminded that I have the disease of addiction. It is untreated. And what am I going to do today mm -hmm. about it? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I lost that. And How quickly I, after you lost it before you went back? And probably a couple it. months probably a couple months of just, and it starts slowly, right? It's yeah. just like my, my self-will starts, starts coming back. Can I ask you a tough question? Yeah. I feel we've been in this a long time and, you know, we know each other well enough for me to ask. I think it would help people to, to understand what the feeling is in that moment when you know that your sense of self-restraint is going to fail you and that that, that first tiny step you may take back what is the feeling that, if you can remember, that you that you have mm. before you take a step backward? Mm -hmm. Okay. The most dangerous words to any addict or alcoholic. It. And um, and you know, right? Because mm -hmm. it's it. You know, and I'm a Gemini too, so I'm really with the with the duality. But on one side of my brain, there is this disease of addiction that is telling me, literally, who cares. Dude, just do it today. Just just for today. Tomorrow you'll go back. You mm. can't even do it on Wednesday. Like, just, mm. just today. You're fine. Mm. It's Monday. You're fine. And um, the other part of you is like, dude, don't do it. Don't, nope. Mm -mm, mm -mm. And then it's like, who's going to win? The goal is to never get to that place where you're doing this. So if I'm doing work, if I'm being of service to others, if I'm tapped into my community, if I'm, you know, if I'm, going to therapy and living a holistically healthy life, I don't get to this point. I'm not even close. Once, I, once like, I'm like, uh, eh, let's skip therapy. Eh, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get that exercise. Eh, you know what I'm going to sleep in? Eh, I'm going to spend this money that I probably shouldn't on some jewelry. Whatever the f*** is, I start taking these things, my will back. Mm. And eventually, those things don't work. Then what comes? The self-hatred. Mm. I'm like, damn, I'm a piece of shit, dude. I didn't pick up that phone call. You know, I tripped off that money. Um, you know, 
I, I ate that. I, I, I looked at that porn or whatever the fuck it is. And then yeah. all of a sudden, it's just like, damn, this isn't working. What's the point? I've been in self-will. It's not working. I'm depressed. Thank you for your honesty. I think that's really, I think it's a, a really powerful observation because we have to un better understand what happens when we're in that situation as human beings. Because we don't get it. Well, yeah. Uh, the, and, and I was thinking, I was actually, as I was getting ready to come here today, I was thinking about it in the shower and I'm like, you know, for someone that has an issue with food, it's like, oh, why, just don't go to McDonald's. Just, just, it's, it's that easy, right? Just don't go, no, we have trained ourselves. I, I have, when my neurological pathways had not fully formed yet, I'm 14 years old. And when I felt like, I wanted to turn off. That's what I went to. Yeah, that was a trip. So this is the thing, right? The trauma that inspires the, the decision to avoid becomes the roadmap. And it happens at a time when you're forming your identity. It's really formative. And so what people have to understand is it's not as easy as today is different to yesterday. You're actually dealing with something that happened 10, yes. 20, 30, 40 yes. years ago. Yes, completely. And it's it was a great question that you asked to get to this point in terms of What's that moment? Like, no one's ever asked me that. And I could almost tell you that anyone that's been clean and relapsed can pinpoint what that feels like. It is such a distinct moment where you're there. I, I have a memory with, with a pill in my hand and looking in the mirror. Done. And, and that's because that was my learned behavior when I was 15. And I was like, do I go to second period or do I smoke the blunt? I learned that. I did that for years. That was my that was my that was my mechanism. That was my coping. That was what I did. Of course, as a grown ass man, you strip away some things that create some structure. You're right back there. I'm right there. It's so much closer than people than, than you think, isn't it? That's it's, the mad thing. It's right behind you. Oh my god, it's it, every day. Yeah, it's right behind you. And, and I think I think it's an important acknowledgement because I think that you know. We think that with the years that, that pass us by, so the road continues to grow long. But actually, it's 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 hitched on a trailer, man. Mm, yeah. I mean, it's the disease. It's the only disease that tells you you do not have the disease. It's the only one. Inside your head, you're f***ing fine. You're fine. You got this. Other people can do it. Yeah. I'm sure I'll, it, it'll be fine this time. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, the um, I found in my time, you know, trying to figure it out that the the family thing has been crucial to me because mm -hmm. a lot of my trauma relates back to family stuff and feeling like uh, my identity and my self-worth is actually wrapped up in the family I have formed mm -hmm. and realizing that, that it's, it's not like a reflection of who I was. It's actually a reflection of who I am mm. has been really powerful for me. And, um, you know, seven years and change of a great marriage fantastic kids and like i said let's celebrate the fact that today you yeah. look and sound fucking fantastic thank you brother and the music is a reflection of that thank you so i can imagine that it's a huge learning for your wife as well this is all part of life this experience of seeing someone you love go through this is kind of yeah this is the tapestry of it all yeah it is and unfortunately um yeah, it's the tapestry, it's the it's the carpet, it's it's yeah. It's, it's the horse you rode in on. Yeah, and and I think that there's moments where it's like, you know, it's like driving with my wife yesterday. I'm like, you know, she had this moment and I and I can just tell she's at the wheel and she's like, "Uh, oh, I'm just going through it right now." Just going through it. Yeah. And I know why she's going through it. I know it's because um, you know, I I haven't been I've been working really hard. Like, I have an album coming out in a month. Um, you know, I'm grinding. Our lives are crazy. It's chaos. And, and I'm about to put music out into the world again. Yeah. And what is this cycle going to look like? Yeah. Because Gemini was different. Mm -hmm. Gemini was, you know, I was clean. Mm -hmm. Tumim. Mm -hmm. The heist there. All these different eras that have had pockets of um, recovery and connectedness and, and beautiful uh, vivacious life in front of us and then there's also the darkness and um, she doesn't know what version she's going to get for this chapter and that's got to be really fucking hard and I I, I can't even empathize with her because she's just consistent she just shows up you know um, and and I think that I've lacked that consistency and what and, and it pains me to say that it pains me to see her like at, at the wheel like knowing that like you know 
thank goodness she has the, the, I don't know the two of you, but from experience, be married 23 years, for somebody to make the decision in that moment to share oh, yeah. that, huge. She, she, um, huge. yeah, and I'm sure she's going through it a lot more than she shares, but um, I would rather have that uncomfortable conversation in the car or like, you know, and, and it's a great, it's a great benchmark for me to gauge my own defensiveness. Hmm. Wow, I, it, hang on, hold up. What a statement that is. Drop the bomb on the defensiveness. No, that's good. There's, there's never been a bomb after the word defensiveness. I like to reinterpret what the bomb is used Yes, for. I see I that. I tend to go for emotional yes, bombs these exactly. days. Yes, exactly. That's so tight. <laughs> so she's like, well, sorry, what were you saying? I was saying it's a great fucking statement. Yes. I mean, you, you get to sit back and measure the degree at which your reaction is defensive or whether or yes. not you're mature enough to acknowledge it. Completely. And if I'm defensive in that moment and I'm like, oh, you don't know how hard it is and I've been working and the kids and and I'm still doing the dishes. And if that's my response, mm. that's my spiritual benchmark, right? Versus being like, okay, let's pause for a second. Good for you, dude. Let's 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 switch the shoes around. This is some real growth shit, man. I mean, it's what, what else happens. can we do? What, what else can, can we, we do? do? I mean, it, it, it literally... If we're lucky enough to still be here, yeah, man, we have to up. listen, learn, grow, mature. Fuck up, listen, learn, grow, mature. Completely. That's what human beings, that's what we do, man. Yeah. And, and, that's never gonna that's never gonna stop. I think that I wanna be on that path with my wife. I wanna grow with her. I want to be like, you know what? We're spiritually in a place that, you know, there's real, there's real change that's happened in the last couple of years. You know, the way that we handled that situation five years ago is completely different than how we would handle it today. And here's the thing, I'm gonna drop it. Yeah. This is my one little beautiful mantra for the year and I'll tell anyone I love and care about the same thing. Here's what I got told by someone who I respect. The thing about change which is fundamentally undeniable is you will always be one step behind it. Mm. Mm. Yep. And how much do we try to control right. when change is at our feet? Right. Right. How much are we holding on? What's that grip? Yeah. Just, I don't want to let go. I or I go. want it to be scared. this way. I'm scared. I'm freaked out. Yeah. It's like, you got to accept it, man. You're never going to know what's going to happen. And you know what? I think that that has been, you know, looking back at a decade ago where I was at versus today, I think that that has been a massive shift is accepting life on life's terms. And I don't get to, I'm not the puppet master. I don't control this. I am literally, as we all are, just a vessel. And we get to start a new day. Where is it going to lead us? You know, and so much of our life is trying to control these little things. If this person just responded that way, if this person checked their email, they never responded to a text. If this happened in my career, that should have never happened. Like we go through our entire lives this way with this pollution in our brain versus just being like, you know what? I am here in this moment and I am accepting it for what it is. And there is gratitude to be found. Once I can get to that place, life opens up and unfolds. The studio becomes just like oasis. There's no more fear. It's like, yo, we and can we do get, anything and, we want to do. And you get Ben. And you get Ben. And you get Ben. And that's when you make good art. Yeah, man. I love that. I love that. Dude, you're lucky. Yeah. You're really lucky. And not because you made it out the other side of it, because you're just here. Yeah. It's, you know, dude, you get to make what you love. People support you to do it. Fans buy tickets to come here. You play it. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, when you really, it's important to have those moments in life where you are able to step back and really observe, almost from an outsider's perspective, yeah. on what has unfolded. Because in the moment, you can't feel it. It's it's really hard to to you know every day to be like, oh my god, I get to do this, you know. And you need time. Time needs to happen. That, that space away needs to be like, oh, my God, I, I have evolved. Um, and lately, that's where I've been coming back to. Because, dude, I have no idea what I am doing in this music industry. I have no idea. I really don't. TikTok, they're telling me to do this and that and all that. And I'm like, yo. You'd I, be good on that. You well, would be good on well, that. Well, I'm on TikTok. Good. I'm on TikTok. I haven't opened it for about two months, but, you know, we're ramping back up. I got to start doing it again. There's all these things, right? Like, putting out music as an artist in 2023 is harder than it but has ever been, you bro. You never... Like, this is the other thing people forgot. Like, before any of it, you were you and Ryan were the independent success story of all time. 
But this is this is it, right? It was it was anti-industry. It disrupted it the system. It was anti-industry. It disrupted. It's an important statement to make because everyone thought that there's a difference between being um, resolutely independent yeah. and anti-industry. Yeah. We, I mean, I, I, I've been anti-industry. It, it hasn't changed. And I think that it's not anti-industry. I am, the systems that are in place need to be broken. It's evolution. Like, the system in place of me being a songwriter, being like, okay, a, a verse is 16 bars, the hook is eight, it has a pre-chorus, like this whole song structure. Mm. It is my job to not adhere to that song structure because mm -hmm. it came before me. It is my job as an artist, if I want to break through to a next level mm. of artistry, mm. I can't conform to that song structure. That does, it's, that is a box. So let's break that box. What does that look like? Let's keep breaking boxes. Let's keep evolving. Let's keep growing. And that's what keeps the spirit fresh in the studio. But I always, but it's interesting. I agree with you. But at the same time, like your approach to how you just reached people. This is before social media really was the ultimate. We didn't have TikTok, yes, yes, which yes, is thank the you, ultimate thank timeline. You. you know, you came out and you took this work ethic and used the internet and then also fantastic videography and co video concepts. You were very visual. You were like, I, I'm going to disrupt through my art in ways that other people aren't doing humor, this, that, and everything else. It was just crazy. Like the, the concepts were so, so rock solid. Everyone was like, well, this guy's doing it better than anybody else right now. We're going to go over here. And then we all, then it was like, no, it's independent. Yeah. It's like, like we were just like, but most people who are independent can't reach that many people. Like they can't. And they were like, oh, wait a minute streaming like it's it's all available it's all go so my point is is like you were one of if not the first of your generation to truly come out and make it up yeah without somebody saying we have a system for this right we have an architecture you can fit into you're like oh, i don't know about that right i didn't know who to talk to to get you at the big weekend i had no idea the fuck to talk to no i didn't know who was managing you there wasn't yeah. really a label yeah i said like follow me i followed you off stage and door stopped you yeah yeah. I chased you down. Yeah. You were basically still like boiling hot, no. sweating from yeah. that show. And I was I like, bro. That. Yeah. I remember that. Because I didn't know, like, I mean, I couldn't book you in. Yeah. You had no structure. <laughs> because, and to me, like, we have turned this idea, you know, because music moves people. It it changes our lives. Yeah. It it reshapes the fabric that make us who we are. Yeah. Like, once we just, once we found out that, oh, People will buy this. This is a commodity. This is this is commerce. Yeah. This is capitalism. Yeah. Um, we, as an artist, I have to fight against that type of mentality to create real impactful art. And what I am realizing now is that that capitalist that's part of me, I'm a, I'm a businessman. I, I This has been a business. Yes, you are. I'm I am, glad you said that. Yeah, I mean, straight up and down. I've been in the music business for a long time. But I'm not really in the music business. I'm in the, I am, this is probably, Say from, it. I, I'm in the people business. I'm in the heart business. I am in the business of how do we resonate with one another through sound? Mm. That is my job. Mm. It's not all this other, sh it's not like, you know, okay, now we need socials and we need, it. that's, that's a byproduct of this society that we are living in today mm. that I can choose to subscribe to or not. Now, again, I get to do this. I, if I want to go completely rap over nothing but primo beats that sound like 1996, <laughs> I get to do that. I, I, I want to do whatever it is that I get to do. So I'm in the people business. And that doesn't come from a contrived contest or like, you know, some sort of like, hey, we've thought of this marketing campaign to get, you know, we're going to pay these influencers to like, you know, to wear your shit and, yeah. or to listen to your song and yeah. this 15 second snippet and no shade to any of that. It's just not why I make art. But check this out. You know what the mantra is in 2023 that I keep hearing over and over again? We're not breaking artists. So mm. it doesn't work anyway. You know, because what it is, is it's fantastic attention span work. Right. But it doesn't actually do any artist artistic development. No. Artistic no. development is a long road, no matter which way you spin it. You can't tell Steve Lacey, who had an incredible 2022, that he came out of nowhere. He's going to be like, get the f*** out of here. Completely. Completely. What do you think I've been doing for the last eight years? Yep. And, you know, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't need to go too in on the, on the snippets of songs. I think that there's pros and cons to all of it. I think that um, it's, what, what arena do you want to play in? And how much time, yeah. I was thinking the other day, I'm like, with these last three songs that I put out, four songs now, 
how much time have I talked about social media? How many meetings have I been in? How many, how many, how many selfie? I couldn't even tell you. It's all internal. We just talk about it all the time, all the time. Cause you have to, cause you have to keep up with it. Cause they're telling you, if you don't post frequently, you're going to be out of the algorithm. No one's going to know. So people tell me that all the time. They were like, the reason you're not connecting so much is because you don't dedicate yourself to your social media feed. You got to be consistent. And I was like, all right, well, look, the only way that's ever going to work for me is if I actually enjoy it. Yes. That's the only way. That's the only way. Yeah. And that's why when I'm on TikTok and I actually do enjoy it. So right. I am doing it and it is working because I yeah. enjoy it. But nothing anyone tells you to do outside. Basically, you're an artist to be told to, so that nobody tells you what to do. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's exactly it. You have to make it fun for that's yourself. The whole point. You have to make it fun. And, and I do make it fun. But when I come, when I come back to the core of yeah. what is my actual purpose, it is and what is my skill set. It is making other people feel a part of. Yeah, that you, is, 100%. We open up the doors to the show. The people come in. I want to make them feel a part of this because they are. The first time I ever saw you live was just a master class in that. And I probably said as much the first time I met you. I was just like, uh, that's exactly how you're supposed to do it. You went out there. You took two songs people knew and you introduced them to the other eight. Yeah. And everyone went as fucking batshit crazy for those as for the two they knew. Yeah. You stood out on people's shoulders. Yeah. And it was fucking amazing. Yeah. It was amazing. And it was like, that's how you're supposed to do it. You know, of course you were going to be the biggest thing at the time. I'm just, you know, I'm just sorry it was, was such a rough ride out of that. Because it's like, it's the up and down thing, right? What goes up? Dude, that is, I, I am so, in, and I don't say this, I 100% sincerity, I am so grateful yeah. for all of the peaks and the valleys, bro. Like, I, I am grateful for the darkness. The darkness is why I appreciate where I'm at today. I need that duality or to be reminded of like how bad it can get. And um, mm. and I look back on the last 10 years in this industry of navigating it from Seattle, Washington independently. Um, you know, there's been, there's been so many W's. There's absolutely been L's too. And that's just like no one gets away from this this thing called life without them. Mm. And um, and I treasure those L's. Those L's are super important because I don't look at them as losses. I look at them as lessons. I look at them as you know what that pain that I went through when I when I saw you after the heist that that era it transitioned me into Gemini. It transitioned me back into recovery. Yeah. I, I was so low. I remember it was after the Grammys and my wife and I, my fiance at the time, we went to India. This is the Grammys that you, yeah. when you won. Yes, when I won. And we went to India. We left. And um, So it was all going on while you were in the, another whole other continent. We finished the Grammys. I went to India and I was like, I was, compl I was just a normal person again for the first time. Did you know at the time when you were in India that, that there was you know, a contract, there were two sides to that result that were going on. The conversation oh, yeah, yeah, was yeah. loud. Oh, the, yes, yes. Very aware of the conversation. We didn't get out of America that quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and I look back at, I look back on that time period and um, there was so much fear. And the reason why there was fear is because, again, I was living to escape. I was back, I, I was, I had been on drugs. Um, you know, I remember a couple days before the Grammys, um, you know, I started like trying to taper off cause I knew that I was going to be like dope sick by the time that the Grammys hit. I didn't know that. Is yeah. that common knowledge? You were pretty deep in the drugs before the Grammys. That was, that was going on. I was wow. relapsing. Yeah. I was relapsing on and off that entire, I was in active addiction, <sighs> active addiction that year. And, um, wow. you know, I remember like taking the last pill we were in, we were in Mexico and, um, you know, trying to time it out so I wouldn't be dope sick. Forget about it. And I was so scared and it wasn't, it wasn't like what was going to happen. I mean, it was, it was all of the things at once, but the center of it is I had lost my faith. I was living in fear. The opposite of, of, of faith is fear. The opposite of hate is love. I was in that place of just, um, I don't know how to do this. I can't exist without drugs right now. And I want to be understood, and people don't understand me. That sounds like torture. That that sounds like like living hell. The minute that I got clean again after India, 
or in India. All of a sudden it was like, there it is. There's there's my spirit. I lost that dude. I know I know exactly who I am. I know exactly what got me here. I remember the magic that makes me who I am. I, I, I had forgotten it. What happened? But it was almost instantaneous. And then the process opened back up. And then, but now we have to deal with, you know, Thank God. But yeah, but I mean, now you've got the, but yeah, you've got some tools, you've got some clarity, some sobriety, you've got, you've got space around you to be able to translate that situation. Here's the thing. If you were, if you'd gone straight back down that narrow hallway, fuck, bro, there's no way you'd no. be able to figure out a way out of that. We probably wouldn't even have an album right now. No, not at all. And I mean, you know, you fast forward and Tumum was a really difficult period. And then Gemini and Gemini was a massive success. And I had, um, I had so much fun making art for the first time in a really long time. I was again. so happy for you because I was just like, now you finally getting away a 3.0, like a clean slate yeah. to redefine who you are, not who we right. all decide that you're going to be. Right. And by the way, you have to suffer in silence while we're deciding who you are because you don't want to tell people that you've relapsed. So we have no idea what you're struggling with. We're just like, oh, fuck it. He's this guy. Right. And you're like, you have no idea who I am. I'm over here dealing with something way off the chart. Completely. Yeah, man. I was so happy to know we were going to get a chance to talk. I was so happy to put on this record and just to realize like you're really fucking all, you know, having the best time ever making music. And then at the end of it, you know, you really know how to finish a record, bro. You always end in a really impactful way. Yeah. What was important to you about completing this project? What did you want people to walk away from at the end of listening to it feeling? I want people to know me. I want people to know who I am. I think that that's, and I want to bring joy. Like it's not, I think, you know, there's like the internal ego of like, what do, you know, how do I, it's like, I don't control any of that. Those two things are the same thing, you know? Because I think people feel like you're this guy who's like, doesn't quite know whether he should embrace his success or be embarrassed by it or fit mm. in here or don't fit in there. So those two things actually make total sense. Because for you to be the person who makes this album that is just like unabashedly joyous at times, deep and transparent in other different ways, that is you. Completely. Completely. That's that's absolutely me. And um you know, it's funny that you say that, you know, like whether to be, you know, to celebrate the success or, to, you know, worry about it worry or about how am I going to be perceived and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. All of that is, um, I think it's part of our process as musicians in the, in the public. I think that we all deal with that to a certain extent. There are kids who are teenagers dealing with that going to a house party on a Friday night. Yes, yes. And absolutely, it's a human condition, it's a human right? Condition. The, I find happiness, meaning, and fulfillment when I let all of that go. And what I truly want is I want to be able to go play music live and have people come. That's so what I want. So simple, right? That's, that, it like, goes that's back to it. such a simple so thing. So simple. I want to play music live around the world, and I want people to come. <laughs> and I want to celebrate with those people that want to yeah, come. That's, well, that's and given, and that's I don't care if they're, if they're 500 people or 50,000 people. That's what I want. And that's what I've always wanted. That's it. I, it it's going to hit who it's going to hit. The ears that it resonates with, are those that were supposed to be there. You know, I love, you know what I love as well, man, is that I think I think one of the great realizations in the arts that I've noticed amongst certain people, and it feels like you're there, is that peop, is that when you get to that point, you realize that actually no one can take it away from you. Mm -hmm. That you can choose to go back and yes. make music whenever you want. Yes. And then no one's going to sit there and go, ah, time's up, bro. You had yeah. your moment. Time for somebody else. You're like, well, that's cool. Let, they can go do them. I'm going to keep doing me. I'm going to keep doing me. And that's what I've done. That's what I will continue to do. When I get lost, that is my compass, is what do I really want out of this? Why am I here? And um, if, you're, if you're not waking up happy to be here, if you don't want to do this job, do something else. Do something else. That's okay. But as of right now, I'm still really enjoying it. So you're going to do that Prima mixtape? Got to do it now, bro. You put it out there. <laughs> it's funny. I mean, you know, you, you hear it. I'm sure you hear the Primo song and then you hear this song and it's like... You can do it all and you do it all brilliantly and you're at a point now where in the studio you can know your way. Yeah. Like, you know your way, man. You know who you are and you know what you're doing. Yeah. But uh, the first time I heard Heroes and tracks like Grime and stuff, I was like, taking nothing away from Ben, which is 
fucking fantastic. But when I hear those songs, I'm like, oh, he's chopping trees. Yeah. He's he's getting real firewood. Yeah. Like, it's like there's a bonfire in his yard right now, like lyrically. Like like Heroes is like a fucking tough concept. Yeah. That's a hard concept to to cap to, to capture. Yeah. That's really, really hard. That's an outsider's anthem. Mm-hmm. We were all on the outside. We are on the outside. Mm-hmm. You summed it up beautifully, and you did it hip hop. Yeah. So it's not a history lesson. It's right. A rap song. Right. It's a rap song. It's a rap song. I mean, for the rap fan in me, I still want to remind people that this is what I do. In fact, this is the thing that I do with the most ease and yeah. is effortless. Yeah. These other songs, those are puzzles. <laughs> That's hard. Yeah, it's hard. Rapping over like 90 some BPM. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. Easy. I know. It's All so day. Oh, that, yeah. that, that's the wheelhouse. This other is like where I ventured into of like, let me see if I can crack some codes You should here. do a whole album like that too. I know. I mean, we almost split this up into two albums because there was yeah. like, yeah. there's a, a, a rap album and there's but like it makes sense. something else. It does make sense. Like as soon as you start to swerve around track five, track six, it's like, oh, it's just fine. Like I, I, I yeah. see the cadence going on here. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's it's limitless for you now. And that's the crazy thing. It's a beautiful place to be. And um, in the midst of the last six months of putting out art again into the world and, you know, the, the expectations and you want to have no expectations, but there's naturally going to be expectations there and trying to figure out this new world of social media. The, the thing that I come back to, and um, it's very simple. I love creation. I love making things out of nothing. I love having an idea in a, in a month later or, or a week later or a couple of years later, all that sudden that little seed turned into an experience. It turned into a, a tangible thing. It was a body of music. It was a, it was a golf polo. It was whatever. I love the process of I have an idea. Let's make this a reality. And that is the thing that gets me up in the morning. That is the thing that alleviates the fear because all you have to do is just keep creating. That's, that's the job. It's literally the best job in the world. Keep making shit. Yeah. If you don't want to, don't. But as, as long back. as it's here, come back. Keep creating. Don't stop. And um, that's where I'm at. And I'm going to keep going. Matt Clamore, his new album, Ben, is streaming now on Apple Music. If you want to go and check it out, thanks to Ben for taking the time to talk with us so openly. And thanks to you as well for listening to this conversation right here on the interview series. We do appreciate it.